If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me in the New Testament, the back third of the book, to the book of Acts. It's called Acts because it is describing the acts of the apostles, the things they actually did. And sometimes I think we need to be reminded that it's the book of Acts, not the book of sayings. This is not revealing to us just the things that the apostles, those with Christ, said. It is revealing to us and showing us and telling us the things that those following Christ did. And we looked in James recently on being doers of the word, not just hearers only. And this morning, what we're looking at is that it's time to come together. Jody already told me this week what the message title should be on Sunday, December 31st. She said the message title on that Sunday should be, it's time for a new message title. <laughs> After 12 months of it's time too. But right now it's still time too. And it's time to come together. And I, I want you to make sure you get the meaning that I just was overwhelmed with this week. Coming together, not just about gathering like we are now. Coming together, not just with one another, but a true coming together as the body of Jesus Christ. The international body. As my friend Dave Ingbrecht loves to say, that we're to be local, regional, and global. That we need to be picturing that we're a part of this close local body but that we're a part of a regional body, not just in the Church of the Nazarene, but the Church of Jesus Christ, and internationally. To come together for the purpose God has given us to make disciples of and in this world. For you see, we were created not to live in isolation. We were not meant to live out our faith as lone rangers. If you're too young to understand that reference, go Google it after the service. We were created and have been called to live in community and in connection. This is not just referencing being single or married but rather to living as a person connected, connected to Jesus Christ as Savior first and foremost, and to one another secondly. But part of this connection, if you're a follower of Christ, is to a community of Christ followers. If you aren't already, those here, those tuning in online, get connected to a local community of believers. Connected to them. Not associated with them, but actually connected. Not in close proximity to, but actually connected. 
It's time to come together. Now, why? Well, let's look at the word. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And some of you who've been in the church a while are going, yeah, yada, yada, I know this one. But listen to it. As if you are coming together with those around you. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day. Those who were being saved. Acts chapter 4, beginning of verse 23. Peter and John, make sure you understand this context. Peter and John had just been arrested for healing someone. They were thrown in jail. They were reprimanded, though they said, who should we follow, God or man? And upon their release, this is where we pick this up. Verse 23 of Acts 4. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look down, or look upon their threats, and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together, was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. It's time to come together. Jim Simbla, in his outstanding book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, which was written about almost 30 years ago, I think now, had a line in there where he said, are you seeing the same things happen where you are in your fellowship of believers that Peter saw? 
people being saved and healed daily, people coming together, people sharing what they had of their time and their abilities and their stuff with others, praising God, the community recognizing their impact in the community, said, if not, then start praying all the more that God would use you in the same way. That's some of my motivation for just for a while at least until the Lord says otherwise, gathering on Monday evenings to pray. No agenda, just pray. Because it's time to come together. Why? Because, as we just read, because of the example of the early church. Both those passages deal with that. And uh, chapter 2, verses 44 through 47, and chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, coming together, they came together. As soon as Peter and John got released from jail, they went to the brothers and sisters in Christ. They didn't go to the paper to lodge a protest or to write a letter to the editor or to make some signs and picket the authorities. They didn't go on social media and blast those who had arrested them. Instead, they came together and prayed. Boy, I'm convicted by that. The example of the early church is of coming together, coming together to help others. You see it clearly in the passage in Acts chapter 2. To help others, not just with finances, not just with food, not just with stuff, but to help them. Sometimes the greatest help is listening to somebody. So many people feel like nobody's listening. To come together to help each other spiritually, to encourage, challenge, to disciple, and to help one another emotionally. Relationally, mentally. Had a conversation this week with a pastor who's just really struggling emotionally right now. With good reason. There's just been so much stuff. But in my conversation, one of the things I said to him was as a church, we stink at helping each other in this area. One, we don't usually even admit it. So one of my things was, brother, thanks for admitting it. We need to come together to help each other. Sometimes you help somebody by calling them by name. One of the things yesterday at the soccer matches we're watching, we... You know, we're out of our area. We don't know these kids. We knew the two most important ones, but we didn't know all the others, the supporting cast. 
and we couldn't even remember the names of the teams. So we're going, yeah, gray, good job, gray, yellow, what, you know, I mean. But then I could hear the people around me who knew them calling them by name. To watch their reaction when somebody called them by name. It's time to come together to help each other. It's time to come together as the early church did to rejoice together. To celebrate. We need to get better at that too. We shouldn't have to instruct each other to say, okay, now celebrate. Come on. To rejoice together, to rejoice over what God is doing, but that can't happen unless somebody's sharing what God's doing. The example of the early church, also we need to follow, that we need to come together to pray together. Man, Another time when Peter was in prison, he got arrested a few times. When he was in prison and he was sentenced to death that time, and it says the church came together to pray. And in fact, the scripture says to pray earnestly for Peter's release. Now, that's the favorite one I have where the Lord guided Peter out of jail through angels, unlocked the locks and the gates and everything else, and nobody saw what was going on. And he went to where he knew they were praying. But they didn't believe it was him. That's what they were praying for, but they didn't believe he was there. Sometimes wonder when we pray for stuff, do we pray believing? Or do we pray because it's on our list? I mean, what if God did it while you were praying? I said a few weeks ago, we should stop being surprised, but never lose being amazed at what God does. I mean, he's God. You were just praying for it, weren't you? We're going, oh, can't believe. Well, then why were you praying for it? It's like the story of the farming community a number of years ago that was going through a just a, a horrific drought, and they were all farmers. And they decided to call a special prayer meeting to pray for rain. They gathered, man, they filled that church up, but only one farmer brought his boots and umbrella. Only one of them believed God was going to do it. We need to come together to pray as well as rejoice. We also need to come together. This is not just upon your pastor, by the way. We need to come together as the early church did to add to the number. Acts 2.47 And the Lord added to their number day by day. Those who were being saved. Day by day. Those who were being reached. Those who were being changed. Day by day. See this list of to help others, to rejoice together, to pray together, to add to their group. I looked at that and I went, that's a pretty good definition of discipleship. Why should we come together? The example of the early church. Secondly, we need to come together because we really do need each other. The Bible is full of the phrase, one another. 
You want to have a fun study, just go through, you know, look it up on one of the Bible apps. How many one another's are there in Scripture? And then just look at them. It's a long list, by the way. But just look at all the times that Scripture talks about being one another. See, we were created for community. Verse 43 and 44 of Acts chapter 2. We focus sometimes too much on some of this and not enough on the rest. It says, And awe came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. We focus on the all things in common because we can't figure out what that means. And we miss the fact that what made that possible was they were together. Together in spirit, in mind, as well as physically. I don't know if you realize that there, on an average Sunday, from Sunday to Sunday, there will be somewhere between 70 and 150 people viewing our service online. They're kind of with us. We need to be together, a one another, even when we're separated by miles, but we were created for community, not for isolation. We were created for real community where we know one another. Know everybody? No. Everybody who says that, I take them back to the book of Acts in chapter 2, where it says that 3,000 were added in one, one day. You think they knew everybody's name? No. Not even our DS, who knows half the people in our district, would have known all those people in one day. He would have in two or three days, but not in one. We need to be together. We have been called for one another. We've been created for one another. And that only happens in community. It's time to come together also because the call of Christ. Let me jump to another scripture passage, Matthew 28. Verses 16 to 20, they came together. They came together because Christ called them, and he still is. He said, meet me on this mountain. And they showed up, including some doubters. Read it in that passage. The call of Christ is on us, and I love this quote. We can go faster alone, but we can go further together. We're tempted at times, right, in all things. Let me do it. I can do it faster. Yeah, but can you take us further? And is it really better than it would be if together we did it? To come together as the body, with the body, to help, to rejoice, to pray, and to add to the body. Why should we do it? Well, we should do it so that others would see Jesus. We've been called to that. For everybody to see him in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And they, when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. Go into Acts chapter 2 at the beginning of that chapter. And when the Holy Spirit came, the place was shaken 
and the whole community noticed. Here's two chapters later. I'm not sure what a chapter is in time, but not, not much longer. And it happened again. Monday night, when I was praying, part of my prayer was, Lord, shake this place. Even if you put some cracks in the walls. Because we need some cracks in our hearts so that they're broken before God. We need to come together so that our world and our community would see Jesus and see that it is possible for people to come together in Jesus' name and make a difference. It's also time to come together so that we will become bolder and experience awe. Both those passages that I read mentioned that word. Chapter 2, verse 43, it says, And awe came over or upon every soul. Some translate that fear. A holy fear. Verse 31 of chapter 4 that I just read says, And the place where they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and continued to speak the word with boldness. That would be awe. When was the last time you were in awe of what God was doing? In you or someone else? I watched a celebration at a church where they were celebrating some mission work. I was attracted to it because they were celebrating some work in Kenya. Got a vested interest there. And as I was hearing some of the testimonies, I knew some of the people. One couple that shared, I'm going, while I was still teaching school, before I was a pastor, they were students in the high school I taught and coached in. And I had to close my eyes and refocus because I was seeing high school students instead of the powerful men and women of God that they are today. And you know what? The Lord also convicted me to go. They were powerful men and women of God while they were still students. Wouldn't it be great to see some awe here in our community, in the halls of our schools? How about in the hallways in our own homes? God is still God. He hasn't changed. But it can't happen unless we come together. We need to come together. Otherwise, we waste the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the things I came across, something I wrote a while back, where I asked the question, if we had to start over again, not just like after COVID, I mean, if we really had to shut down, start this church over again, and could only do three things, 
what should we do? Three things that would make a difference. What would it be? What would it be for you? See, it's time for us to come together. Otherwise, we don't really need the Holy Spirit to do much if we're not coming together. When we come together, the Holy Spirit will do amazing things. He took a shepherd boy. Didn't just kill the giant with a stone, but brought a nation together. What could he do through us? Because God's still God. He took Peter. I mean, the most unorthodox, least likely leader of an early church. I mean, Peter opened his mouth so he could exchange his feet. I mean, he was constantly getting his foot in his mouth, saying the wrong thing at the wrong time in the wrong way. I love Peter because I identify with him a lot. <clears throat> Sometimes when someone tries to bless me by telling me some stuff I probably shouldn't say, I say, well, you really ought to be thanking God for all the stuff that I thought of that I didn't say. Because if God could use David, if he could use Peter, if he can use me, he can use anybody. But not unless we come together, starting coming to him and then gathering ourselves with one another to then reach a world that desperately wants to see this. So let me ask a couple of questions in closing. Are you coming together or are you just showing up? Really coming together to see, support, encourage, help, pray for, rejoice and worship together or you're just showing up because it's Sunday at 10. Do you need any more power or boldness in your life? Is your life producing any awe? And then practically, what will you do this week to come together with Christ, with someone else? Just like the early church. Just like we've been called to do. Just like our world needs us to do. Just stand together with me. a closing prayer if the Lord is 
messing with you like he's messed with me this week on this. I just invite you as I pray to formally close the service. If you need to come to drop something at the altar, if you need to come to pick something up, if you need to come to confess anything, if you need to come just to say, okay, Lord, show me how to come together. I just invite you to come right now. Just come. You can kneel. You can stand. You can sit across the front. And then I'm going to pray a prayer of closing to officially close, but we'll close whenever God's done with all of us. But if any of those things describe you, I just invite you to come right now. Say, well, there's no music playing. It's not easy. I didn't want it to be easy. Just come if he's talking to you. Father, thank you for showing us the way. Thank you for what we see as we read about what Jesus did. Thank you for what we can see as we read about what the early church did. Thank you for speaking to me through this. Lord, I pray that you would multiply those of us who are desiring to come together with you, with one another, to reach our world. Oh, Lord, may we follow the example of that early church with their boldness, with their compassion, with their convictions, with their results. Lord, this week, pursue and follow us until we respond to whatever you're asking of us. Lord, I pray that we would be in awe of you and that we would be in awe of what you're doing among us. Oh Lord, multiply the number of those who are saying yes to you. May you bring and rise some up among our teens who have a holy boldness and conviction for you and lead us. May you rise some up among our children who say yes to you and don't turn back. Lord, may you stir the hearts of young and old alike. You used some foolish tools in the past a talking donkey, a slingshot against a giant, and the list is long. Oh, Lord, use us to make a difference in this world as we come together. Thank you for what you're doing in me. Thank you for what you're about to do among us. May we truly come together. In Jesus' name, amen.